Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Source of Zeal podcast. On this episode, we're going to talk to Damon Jones from Socks Movement. On this episode, we're going to talk to him a little bit about himself, a bit about what Socks is doing, and kind of how they're helping the homeless in these times. So I hope y'all enjoy. You know, thank you for coming on and really first off, kind of give a little bit of history about yourself and then also give a little bit of um, history on socks. You know, how did it start? When did it start? Kind of why did you start it? And um, and what does socks um, mean? Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, so a little bit about me. Uh, my name is Damon Jones. Uh, I am the founder and the chief giving officer here at Socks, or so others can keep striding. Uh, I am a native of the D- DMV. Um, I was born in Baltimore, but I grew up in Prince George's County, so I love the area very much. Um, went, all, went to all area schools. I graduated from Harvard University uh, with a degree in economics, and I also have a master's in teaching uh, elementary education from Trinity University. So I'm a licensed educator. I'm a licensed real estate broker, um, a licensed certified project manager. So that's a little bit about me, um, but mostly um, I'm a giver and an advocate. I've been mentoring for at least 20 years, um, taught in the classroom for several years, and um, you know, done a lot of other stuff before Sox was blessed to be able to serve in a lot of other capacities before Sox and you know, now socks is, um, you know, kind of like my, I think will be my life's work. Uh, socks, again, it stands for so others can keep striding. And uh, we're in our sixth year now of um, this mission of demonstrating love, which you know, the mission has evolved. And I'll talk a little bit about that later. But, you know, our mission for basically the first five years or so was really to, to demonstrate love by, you know, organizing uh, volunteers to hit the streets and distribute socks and other items to, you know, our neighbors who are experiencing homelessness. And and that's what we've done um, for, as a, again, as I was saying, for several years. And um, uh, to date, we're, we have eclipsed 40,000 pair of socks actually um, distributed and, um, you know, several thousand people across several states. Um, we've been fortunate enough to do this. And, you know, along the way, we partnered with like, really, that's one of the biggest things about this journey, I would say, um, being able to partner with people to do the work. So everything from uh, financial institutions to schools, to churches, um, other nonprofits, just, you know, individuals, uh, football teams, um, almost you name it. So it's been a really cool journey, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. And um, when you, you know, starting starting this off, like you said, you've, it sounds like you've done a lot. You've been you're doing a lot um, as yourself, busy life and everything. Um, kind of, you know, your initial thoughts was spreading that love. But what made you say, you know what? You know, from everything that I'm doing, you were probably giving back even beforehand. What made you say, all right, I have to take it a step further. I have to create like an organization that can actually be out there and do more for the community. You know what? Uh, I appreciate. Thank you for that question. You know, there's something that I would I really want to be clear about in terms of socks. Um 
and I, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy, but I'm but I'm going to I'm going to explain. I didn't want to do socks. I wasn't I wasn't looking to um, start uh, this organization. Um, when 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 socks started, I actually was in the process of trying to figure out how to start a school and even had left my job um, to really kind of dive full fledged into that mission. So, you know, kind of how saying I was a teacher before, you know, it was kind of like my crusade to create this school where we could teach authentically. And um, I really believe in the model of STEAM, which is uh, STEM, science, technology, engineering, math with arts, included this really well-rounded project-based type model and so that's the that's the path i was on and you know maybe one day i'd, I'd still like to do that um i still think that is so necessary and and, the, and there's a a method that i came up with a methodology and a, a curriculum structure that i think that i still really want to share with the world but socks kind of came up along that journey and i'll give you the nutshell story i was volunteering at a church. It's Alpha Street Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. And this was in the midst of this school starting thing that I was just explaining. And uh, the uh, volunteer opportunity turned out to be, they turned the church into a shelter, temporary shelter over the, the winter months for like a, a, a weekend or two out of the each month. And um, so I popped in and says, hey, I want to volunteer. And they said, okay, great. You can... Um, spend the night with the guys and i said okay cool let's do it and um so i'm in there in this room we're on this one big room together we all have some cots and the guys are talking and um they kind of knew one another so they were kind of talking to you know amongst themselves not so much to me and you would be like you would probably be shocked like they really talked a lot about socks like they talked about you know where they keep their socks like I, I remember distinctly one guy saying I, I put a pair one pair of socks in each um in each pocket and at the time you know I wasn't doing this right so I was just I remember thinking like hmm that's interesting put the socks in your pocket and you know and guys got to talking about you know oh man when, when your socks got holes in them and they were you know they were lamenting about how you know, painful and uncomfortable that was, et cetera. And so in reflection, I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but in reflection, I, I, I realized that, man, they talked about socks more than food, uh, more than clothing, other clothing items, more than shelter, money. So anyway, they were talking and eventually I fell off to sleep and uh, I woke up in the morning and I saw... I opened my eyes, man, and there I like literally saw the words so others can keep striding. And I just remember looking at it for a couple seconds like, wow, because, you know, like when do you open your eyes and see words? Like, I don't know, maybe other people do, but I don't typically open my eyes and just see words. So kind of had kind of caught my attention. And then I looked and was like, oh, my goodness, that's an acronym. Socks. Wow, that's really dope. And it wasn't like a bright light or anything, but I definitely opened my eyes and saw it, right? So it was like, oh, wow. So, but we were in this little temporary shelter, and it was the morning, and it was time for everybody to go. So I just packed up my stuff and headed out the door and started thinking about my to-do list to start the school, and I forgot about it. Fast forward to a few months down the line, 
And um, nobody really knew this because I was just kind of plowing away in silence, just kind of, you know, kind of suffering in silence a little bit. Remember, I left my job. And so the bank was on my case. And um, I got like the letter. And this letter was like, well, you know, Mr. Jones, you know, we've been reaching out and uh, yada, yada. Uh, you know, next week we're going to come take, you know, put you out, start the foreclosure or whatever. And I was like, man, I don't think this is how I should lose the house. Um, so I'm just like kind of walking around pace and I just started talking to the most high, like, you know, just talking to my heavenly father, like, hey, you know, just like I'm just like this. It's like, hey, you know, I don't. I don't think this is how I'm supposed to lose this house. You know, like, I don't think this is how it's supposed to go. And so, like, what do I need to do? I think I'm doing everything that I can think to do. So what do I need to do? And uh, the response that I heard clearly was, you remember that socks thing? <laughs> and I remember laughing, like, yeah, I don't want to get put out of my house. So what about that piece? And the response was, you remember that socks thing? And I was like, yes, I remember. <clears throat> wow. And, and so, uh, and I'm, I'm wrapping up right here. I'm wrapping up. Because this is, this is, this is, the, this, is the, this is what solidified the conviction. So I basically said, I remember and I'll do it. Right? So I just get on the phone and I'll, and I'll nutshell this piece, but I call three people that I know that are dear to me in my life that do not know one another, don't want any other. like there's no, don't, right? And each person literally had socks waiting for me already. Like they were either already prepared in a bag or they, my boy had just cleared out his inventory because he has a store. So he had all these socks just sitting there in the box and Right. So all three people had them just ready. And I was like, when does that happen? So I was like, okay, maybe there's something to this. Like my God sister, she was like, yeah, I just told my husband to clean up the sock drawer. This is before we only did new socks, you know, in my, in my, my, so anyway, I was like, okay, this is crazy. So I go pick up the socks. This is all on the same day. The next day I get a call from a colleague of mine. I haven't talked to this brother in months. He's like, Hey, you need a job? And I'm like, uh yeah sure he's like okay email this person blah 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 the person that i emailed i asked him what the college with we had a conversation for maybe 20 30 minutes she gave me an informal offer of the job the next day i had a formal written offer for the job was able to sign that offer and send that offer to the bank and tell them i'm employed so i'll be able to pay their mortgage and they can just chill with the foreclosure which they did, and I kept my house. So within less than 72 hours of me saying yes to doing this thing, um, basically what I consider a miracle happened. And so from that point, I was like, well, this is what I need to do. This is what I'm going to do, and this is what I've been doing. Wow. Uh, wasn't expecting to hear that one. That That is... <laughs> that is, that is I'm, that, no, for real. Like That is something... You would have never thought, you know, most people, like, you know, I've talked to different people and most people be like, you know, I just had, you know, I just wanted to do this. They knew from the, from the start, you know, we just want to help this certain community, but like how you explained it, how you had one idea and then just from meeting other individuals that completely changed your idea. And then just how everything worked out, like you said, like 
you were at the moment of losing losing your home, the for, foreclosure and all that, to then this coming up, creating that, and it's just popping up in your head. That is, that is real unique. That is something, again, big ups to you for like you also going just sticking through it all. And because most people probably would have been like, once you get that letter, um, which is a letter that nobody ever wants to get, that probably just shuts it all down from there. Um, so with that, so it looks like with connections with people that you've met, you was able to start this and then keep it growing within these past several years, the last six years of it, you know, what made it change from saying, all right, then from, you know, me contacting friends, family to the point of, all right, let's actually create a system where we can get these new socks and then also get them out to the individuals that absolutely need it. That's a good question. Uh, You know, at first, I had no idea what was going on. I just, and, and it's because like I started this at the pretty much kind of the same time I started this new job that I was telling you about, which was a lot at the time. It was a director level position. So it wasn't, it was something that required a lot of my time and energy and things of that nature. So I say that to say I had so much to think about that I just defaulted to the first thing that came to my mind. So really the, the beginning was just me begging, you know, for, like you said, friends and family for socks and then just going out in the streets myself. And I would just go by myself for a while. Cause I didn't know what I was doing or exactly where to go or really anything. I didn't go on any websites and research anything, which I maybe I probably should have literally just went out there and I just did that for a while. And after doing that, you know, a couple people, then they, want to come with you and then then the idea of like doing it in groups and making it like official or regimented because it's kind of just happened organically you know um and then um i guess at some about a year and a half or so two years ago i decided that because this thing is so blessed um it just really for the first four and a half years it just things just kind of happened and it just grew and cool people would reach out and say, Hey, you want to collab? And I'd be like, yeah, heck yeah, let's do it. You know? And then I, then maybe like, you know, a little while ago I made a decision like, okay, let's really be intentional. Let's, let's really uh, go to the next level in terms of what this organization could be. Cause it can really be something special. So that's what we've been kind of focused on the last couple of years, really being intentional about making it something special, special. That's solid. And kind of what you've seen has been the impact, even in a broader term, like when you do collaborate with other people, um, whether they're, mm. they're getting their children out there or, you know, themselves, maybe they don't do this as often. How have you seen Sox has been able to make an impact within the community, not just like the homeless community, but the, also the individuals that are doing their part to help? Oh, man. Um, it's so crazy you asked that because that is that is actually for me one of it's a really big thrill too um because over the years um it doesn't matter the age gender like ethnicity like all of these different people from different walks of life come out and everyone has the same kind of reaction like wow this this really just opened my mind up to just so much. And, um, you know, everyone kind of has this epiphany um, <clears throat> because 
I think one of one of the things that I realized, one of the value that we provide that I'm I'm really happy about is this mechanism where people can come out um, into an environment that <clears throat> what I'm learning is, you know, that some people are scared. You know what I mean? Like, they don't know what to do to go out in the streets and like they want to give, but aren't really sure how. And so that's one of the things that I'm really happy about that we have this vehicle where people can come out and feel safe, um, you know, giving um, in this capacity. And um, because because that 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 environment is provided and they're able to experience this and it's just always the same. It's just like that was just absolutely amazing. You know, and people like the idea, they like the opportunity of actually being able to interact directly with the person that they're giving to. You know what I mean? Like they get to actually see this individual, talk to them, hug them, pray with them, you know, the whole nine. Like it's just a really special thing. It's it's really special. Yeah, I, I truly do believe that. I've I've joined a couple of other like organizations that give out the food and everything. I mean, that is something that when you have that, that's a different feeling when you are able to help, and then you see the individuals when they, when they yes. see like, yeah. all right, like this person Absolutely. actually cares. Yeah, when they actually care about me, like you actually taking time out your day to help me, um, that is great. That that's a great feeling. I think a feeling that nobody can like recreate another way. Uh, right. And then in addition to that, like, how have you seen? You know, like you said, you said all the ages. Have you seen? Like how you, like the younger generation going out there doing a bit more? Have you seen like kind of how they've interacted or like how they have done their part to help? Yeah, I, I, actually, that is, I would say probably over the years, it's, it's probably even, but I would say we're probably at least, no, no, we're probably 60, 40, 60% young people versus adults, at least. I've had a lot of young people. The, the the youngest I think is five that we actually had out there in the streets, um, and it's really a beautiful thing. And the the young young ones, like the little ones that are you know six seven years old, mm-hmm. they they get it probably better than the adults do on a lot of levels because it's so pure what they're doing. Um, but at the same time, they're cognitively still understanding what it means so it's not like it's impacting them as much they're just like doing what they're supposed to do give and help other people you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um whereas the adults are the ones that are more just kind of like wow you know because we're the ones that after so many years of grinding and working and trying to provide for the kids or ourselves or our family we sometimes lose sight of that so that opportunity kind of brings us back to be like oh wow but the, the babies, you know, they're 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 just better. <laughs> <laughs> they just get out there and just start just start handing out, just moving like no care in the world. They're just out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, they're just <laughs> just so pure and, with it. Oh, of course. And then I'm guessing because of that, and you know, you had the stem of starting a school. So I think what's important to you is having that younger generation seeing and learning from these experiences something that they you can get from a from a classroom but all that but it's also life experiences that when they grow up the decisions that they make as they're growing up in life that they're better they better understand kind of how to move about life in a sense of it's not mm-hmm. just about yourself it's also about giving back to others and finding ways to 
be a part of your community one way or another. Absolutely. During these trying times, especially we've seen it in the news and everything, how the homeless community, they're probably getting hit the most. How has SOX been able to help the homeless community, especially during these past couple months, actually? Yeah. Well, you know, as, as I'm sure you know, it's been challenging with, you know, our model being centered around <laughs> assembling groups and going out and uh, trying to, to minister to folks. And so that, that has been challenging. And so, you know, because of the fact that, you know, we, we value the health and well-being of everybody involved, those who were served and who we're serving with, you know, we have postponed um, our outreach events for now. Um, which does pain me, but, um, you know, to your question, what are we doing? Um, we're working on some things right now that I, I'm going to hold off on discussing just yet. Um, but, but I will say we're working on some projects right now to, to get some, some resources deployed to people, um, um, to immediately respond to this event. Um, not, not even just the, the pathogen, the virus, um, because, what 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 we understand and, and and as I was sharing before, my background being in economics, like I've really been focused on the economic um, ramifications mm-hmm. um, of, of this pandemic. Because in this country, we we um, already had a very silent pandemic of homelessness, and what we're going to see as a result of this virus, we and I won't make this an economics lecture, but but. What we're going to see as a result of this virus is we were already headed for a very severe economic downturn, <clears throat> and the way in which the uh, the way in which the situation has been handled, uh, the way the economy has been shut down, um, is not only going to accelerate us getting to that depressionary period, um, but it's actually going to exacerbate it. So it's going to make it a little bit worse. Um, and so what we're already thinking about now is getting ahead of the, all of the folks who, I mean, I'm sure you've been hearing about the record setting unemployment um, insurance claims. And, and, and those aren't, don't even reflect um, the biggest numbers, which, are, which will soon be reported that are in the millions. And we've already broken records in the hundreds of thousands. And so. Uh, in terms of socks, we know that the impact of this is going to be more people are going to be thrust into homelessness. We understand that more people uh, are going to be displaced from the workforce um, on on a on a permanent to semi permanent um, capacity, which that is a key driver to homelessness <clears throat> when you're not able to you know, when you're not earning at a level that allows for you to afford housing. Um, so we're we're kind of we're kind of we are definitely focused on the now, um, but we're really focused a little bit forward on okay when this when everything kind of levels out from the virus and and, and, and we start to realize that we're in serious trouble economically. We already want to kind of be ahead of the curve there, and, and so we're working in that regard. In the right now, um, we're also working on um, some projects to get some stuff to the streets, and we partnered with. Um, shout out to Be Great DC, which is another organization right here based in Washington, DC area. And so we teamed up to raise some money to uh, deploy funds to N Street Village, which is a shelter here in DC that helps uh, women and families who are experiencing homelessness. And they do really great work. 
So our goal was actually to raise $500. And as of this recording, we are, I think we're close to, to doubling that if we haven't already doubled that in just two days and we were going to run the campaign for a week. So really excited about that. Um, so uh, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about what we're doing. That's good. That's good. At least having, having a plan, um, attacking the situation the best way that you can. Uh, and it's interesting that's how you are able to connect that economic, um, background with, you know, with socks. And then of course, everything that's happening, the economic, the financial side of everything is very important. Um, but I think this was always, like you said, this has been something that people have seen even before this virus and everything has come by. We've seen how the increase or the numbers of homelessness has increased. We've seen how, I would say, at least for the DC area, how whole, um, housing has become more expensive. People's income has not become, it's not going as high. People are struggling to, you know, find that balance. So it's great to hear that even sadly that because of all this that's happening that may have like sped up probably your work in regards to tackling that but it's good that you're still going out and um going after it so and then i guess to give more understanding so you go out throughout dc when you're well not now but before everything that's happened Mm-hmm. You would go out throughout the entire DC, or would you also, or it's also Maryland and Virginia, or it's mainly just DC? We would do, we mainly DC. One of the reasons, one of the things I learned over time is that um, unsheltered uh, populations tend to, and you know, there's always exceptions to a rule, but mm-hmm. tend to localize around a concentration of services. So in the district, you have a lot of areas where social services are provided. And so uh, people from the greater Washington area will tend to kind of be drawn uh, to those areas. Uh, So for that reason, um, mostly out of strategy, you know, because if we're going to be out there, the goal is to be able to serve as many people as possible. So over time, we've learned kind of like the, the... the best central points to start our outreach in D.C., um, in Montgomery County, um, and in Prince George's as well. Um, Prince George's is, I would say, probably the toughest jurisdiction um, because the area where a lot of the services are provided is that doesn't provide a lot of cover for people. And so um, folks are really spread out throughout the county. Um, and, yeah. and many folks are in more kind of like a wooded, um, mm-hmm. remote areas. Yeah. And then I'm guessing probably for sure that's a lot harder because also it's kind of hard to track them if they're all the way out there to get them their, the things that they need. Hmm. It is. And it's, it's also dangerous, um, because, uh, a lot of times camps they they're they're not welcoming to outsiders at all yeah, yeah. you know so interesting interesting unless you of course you build a relationship that's yeah. different yeah. i'm just saying in general and, and for groups like for situation there's some situations where i just don't take groups actually mm-hmm. you know um cuz i just you know just rather i just don't think it's 
is feasible, just myself or maybe just like one other person or something. And we'll just, we'll just, uh, we'll go out and do what we need to do. Yeah. And it makes sense because a lot of times you, you don't know what's the situation with that individual Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. just popping up on them with like seven people, eight people. (laughs) You feel me? They're going to be like, yeah, they're going to be like, what are you doing here? Like, why why are there eight people in front of me? You know, we'll, we'll, we do that now. If like somebody walks up to me with five other people, I'm like, all right, there's a situation might be occurring right now. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. so it, it makes, it makes sense. Like better to be safe. Um, you know, of course going your way. And it, I mean, building that rapport is very important. You want those, you want the people out there to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Feel like, all right, like I can trust you. Um, I understand, you know, why you're coming here because, you know, time and time again, if you don't, if they don't trust you, they react. And then that's what people rec- That's what people remember. Then they're going to be like, oh, these people are just bad. They just, they, they're just out of control. And in reality, they're just protecting themselves because they don't know you. Exactly. As simple as that. Exactly. That's what's up. That's so exactly. then, yeah. So with all this, how can, I know people can't go out now because everything that's happening, but how can someone do their part in with socks? Man, uh, right now, uh, what they can do is they can support our economic empowerment initiatives that we're putting together right now. Um, it's not something that we're promoting to the public. Uh, we've been working on behind the scenes, but it really speaks to what I was talking about before in terms of putting together programming that is going to empower people to leverage the job and entrepreneurial opportunities of the future. Um, our economy, as I was saying, is shifting rapidly. Um, and, and within that shift, there's always pain with growth, um, but there's also a tremendous amount of opportunity. And so we believe, and there's lots of data to support. So this is not just belief out of the sake of just being hopeful that there, there are ways to, um, quickly, efficiently retrain, upskill people who are just willing to learn um, to leverage what, whether it's job, career, pathway opportunities, or entrepreneurial opportunities that solve new problems that are coming up. Um, there, there are affordable, efficient ways to do that. And so those models are the ones that we are working to, um, working on and putting together actively. So anyone who would like to support that, they can go to our website. It's socksmovement.org, S-O-C-K-S-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T.O-R-G, socksmovement.org. We're a 501c3, so all of your donations are tax deductible and we do appreciate it. Um, And we are working diligently um, to to shift um, the balance of as many lives as we can. And, And we have a very strategic a plan to do so. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's a great way for people to be able to be a part of the organization. Are you available on any social media, IG, Twitter, anything of that nature, so they can see kind of what y'all doing yes. day to day? Yes, and please, uh, if if you can't uh, donate money, send ideas. Um, hit me up if you want to brainstorm. You can find me, Socks Movement, on any platform, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Um, we're on all of them. Um, that's the email. You can email 
us at info at socksmovement.org. Um, we would love to just kind of pontificate how we can solve some of the ills that I discussed. Um, but no donation is is too small, a dollar, five dollars. If enough people do that, um, you'd be surprised um, the type of programming that we can put together and um, the like type of lives that can be impacted. Awesome. Awesome. So, David, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to talk. Um, no, my on. pleasure, Michael. You invited yeah. me into your space, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Damon for coming on to the podcast. If you have any feedback on this episode or any other episodes, hit us up on our social medias at Source of Zeal. Also, send us an email podcast at sourceofzeal.com. Also, please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. So, everyone, until next time, peace.